All right, Rob, you know what we should talk about? The PS5 and the Xbox Series X pre-orders, because that's been kind of a disaster, hasn't it? Well, I mean, not for me, but yes, in general, it's been a disaster. In general, um, I know. I understand you actually <laughs> accomplished something, which is which is kind of no mean feat given given what's been going on with the pre-orders, which we can get into. But you actually did manage to pre-order a PS5, right? Yeah, I did. So, like, as you say, it was a mess. Is that so? Sony had their event, you know, in I guess it was in the evening my time. Yeah, it was like on a Wednesday, I think, or something, if I remember right, or maybe it was a. Two- it was Wednesday. I think it was the day after the Apple event. It was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so it was on that Wednesday evening. I think it finished about half eight, nine o'clock. Um, you know, I, I thought, great. I know what the price is now. I know that if I could, you know, I know I can afford it, and I want to order it. Um, I go to bed. Wake up in the morning, I've got like five different emails from retailers where I've signed up. And they're like, oh, pre-orders have gone live. And this was all at like midnight. Um, so I'd missed them all. You know, that that was it. They were just, they were all gone. Um, so then I went on Twitter and I searched just to see if I could find something. And somebody, mm-hmm. I think it was a journalist of some kind from a tech blog or, or something like that in the UK. It said, oh, Amazon goes live at nine o'clock. So at nine o'clock, I told everyone at work, I'm like, I'm busy for the next 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Go on Amazon. Nine o'clock, I refresh the page. There it is. I press like two buttons and I've pre-ordered. So like, for me, it was like, wow, it was annoying in the morning. But like, because I'd kind of, because it all kind of worked out really well, because I'd searched Twitter and found out that it was nine o'clock. Like I got one straight away. No problem. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I mean, it, first of all, I, I missed some of that early stuff. I mean, the event was for us in the afternoon on Wednesday, and I, I kind of count everything. My, my clock kind of reset with the Apple event last week, as you can imagine, with the OSs releasing the next day. Things have been a little bit crazy at Mac Stories, and as a result, I did not watch the Sony event. <clears throat> I still have not watched the Sony event, but I did hear the price and some of the headlines, and I realized that it was supposed to go on sale the next day. So I thought, all right, well, I can probably carve some time out on Thursday and and try to pre-order this thing. And by evening my time on Wednesday, there were some stores in the U.S. that were selling it already. I think GameStop maybe and maybe Walmart. There were at least a couple. And they sold out very quickly. And that so that was a surprise because it was yeah, so the, the, it was like 12 sorry, hours early, right? Yeah, so Walmart even tweeted they said because Sony right. said, "Oh, pre-order starts tomorrow." And Walmart just basically tweeted and went, "Ah, forget it. We're not doing that. Here's the link," and just started doing pre-orders straight away. <laughs> yeah, and that was like immediately after the event too. I think. Yeah, it wasn't long. It was like twenty minutes, I think, after the event started. Right. Well, sorry, it- after the event finished. I mean. Right, and I, I think, I think that then there were some. Uh, there were some more orders that happened periodically over the next 24 plus hours, at least in the U.S., all of which I missed because I was too busy and I wasn't really on Twitter much. And then I finally did hear that, okay, 10 a.m., and I'm trying to remember when this was. It was a couple of days ago. Uh, 10 a.m., Amazon's going to have have the PS5 again. Um, actually, no, no, no. This was for the Xbox. So then, all right, so... <laughs> Let's fast forward past the <laughs> PS5. So I missed the PS5 entirely, okay? Sure. Nothing happened there. I, I did try. I did have some inkling at some point during the end of last week 
that there was a time slot that things were supposed to go on sale. And I think it was with Walmart. And I never even got the page to load. It was just completely swamped. So then the Xbox event happened. And the prices came out, and it all looked really good. And I thought, mm, maybe I'll just do this, especially after the you know the uh, the news broke that they were buying Bethesda. And so I I saw that they were going to be on sale at like 10 a.m. on Amazon. I went there, and there was nothing. And so I kept refreshing, nothing, nothing, nothing. Eventually, about 15 minutes later, they popped up. Later in the day, I saw, and this is a great tweet. I'll have to send it to you that the sales of the Xbox One had spiked 750% in the U.S. Yes, I saw this. <laughs> because <laughs> apparently people, I mean, and, and I, look, there's a lot of this naming is very confusing. And when I went, I refreshed the page and you get this big splashy Microsoft Xbox page. And I looked at it and I was like, wait, is this it? I was like, well, no, 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 no. This is the one. This is not it. Of course not. So I refresh it again. No, <laughs> it's not it. But I can see someone very eagerly going to that site, being excited that it loaded, and just hitting buy very quickly without realizing that they were buying the last generation model. And apparently that happened a lot because their sales went up considerably. Well, it's funny you say that because I saw this tweet, you know, the, the one you're talking about, go past a couple of times where it said, oh, the Xbox One X is, you know, 17 in best-selling games or, what you know, whatever the category was. <laughs> right. And, like, I think the first time I saw the tweet, I thought, well, yeah, you know, it's a next-gen console. Of course it's exciting. Like, people want it. And then it wasn't until I saw it the second time that I realized, no, they're talking about the current-gen Xbox. Right, exactly. And that's the problem. And it, it was, it you know, it was definitely a problem here. I don't, can only imagine that that must have happened in other markets too. And I think what drove it here probably especially here, was that they didn't go live right away at 10 o'clock like they were supposed to. It took them an extra 10 or 15 minutes. And, you know, when you're trying to pre-order something, I've done it many a time with an iPhone, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes seems like a lifetime of refreshing the page. (laughs) Yeah, 15 minutes in trying to pre-order an iPhone, I'm in tears. I'm like, I'm never going to get one. (laughs) Right, right. Right, you figure then you start questioning yourself. You're like, wait, did I miss it? Is this it? And I'm just not understanding that this is actually the Xbox that I want right here in front of me. And so I can imagine a lot. And other people are just not as tuned into it anyway. Uh, and you, you know, the naming and all that. So I could definitely see that potentially not working. So at the end of the day, uh, I did, I guess, didn't get that. Uh, but they, at the same time, they also went on sale at Best Buy and a bunch of other places in the U.S. And I did have one, uh, the Xbox, in my cart at Best Buy. And then I decided, you know what? Nah, I really want the PS5. And I'm going to wait and see what happens in whatever it is, November 12th or whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. to, to see what goes on, what happens when it's just regular sales and not pre-orders, and see if I can get one then. And then I'll, I'll reevaluate it then. Yeah, I, do you know, I I think it will be fine. I mean, you know, clearly, you know, if you're not going to get one on launch day, you know, I think that's, right. you know, that, that ship has sailed because even the, um, there's like a second round of pre-orders going up tomorrow in a couple of retailers in the UK. And they've already oh. said, like, they're not coming out on the launch day. They're like two weeks after. Um, but it, I think it's going to be fine. Like, they know how to manufacture consoles. Like, yeah, I'm sure they're going to make the- enough of them. 
the the switch is still in short supply. I mean, I do wonder with the holidays coming, whether come November twelfth, and with ever people, a lot of people still sticking close to home, that it could be it could be hard getting these. I mean, I know that there were rumors that they were having trouble manufacturing the chips for the PS five that Sony then denied and said wasn't true, but. Who knows? Who knows what you know the the pandemic, what effect the pandemic has, what the extra demand because of the pandemic causes. Whether Sony has their act together and can actually make this happen, it could. I'm expecting it's going to be very hard to get one of these consoles for for the holiday season. I'm really hoping I get lucky. Maybe I do, but uh, but I I really don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. I think the advantage that you know somebody like you or me has is that. We're sat in front of we, a we work for a home and sit in front of a computer all day. <laughs> right, exactly. So if somebody, you know, somebody on Twitter, like the uh, Wario sixty four guy, if he says, "Oh, right. Amazon have got PS fives in stock," you can go click three clicks, you're done. You can go back to what you were doing. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it was funny. I saw a tweet from Cable Sasser at Panic about Wario sixty four saying that he's a, a gem of the internet. And can you even imagine the amount of, of affiliate money that that person must make from from all the sales of those links? And it's got to be cons- considerable. I mean, I know Amazon doesn't pay what they used to, but but that that account is followed by a ton of people for this sort of thing. Oh yeah, I, I wish there was a sort of UK equivalent. Uh, you know, because he, he does. I guess oh, that's he, true. I'm not sure, but you know, they they do tweet UK base links or Europe base links sometimes, but it's not not enough to make right. me worth following it because I don't care what's on sale at Best Buy. You know, that's not really that useful to me. I used to have an ele- elaborate set of mutes uh, for in Tweetbot to deal with a lot of a lot of that account's tweets because they tweet a lot about DVDs or at least used to or Blu-rays and things, which I just don't buy. And so I had this elaborate set of terms that were muted so that I could still follow the account, but only get information about the consoles and games and things that I cared about and not all the other stuff. But I'm on the, I'm on the regular Twitter client now, so I don't have that. I mean, I could set that all back up, but I have not gone to those links yet. No, you saying DVDs actually, and talking about the PlayStation Five. So, even though I don't have the console yet, I've pre-ordered my first 4K UHD Blu-ray. Um, there was a, <laughs> I think it's like a, is it 35th anniversary of um, Back to the Future? It's like a three steelbook set, um, oh. 4K UHD. It's got a load of extra bonus features, and I was like, it was fairly pricey, but I was like, no, I've got to have this. <laughs> so, that's probably going to be one of the first things I do with my PS Five. Well, I was talking to Jennifer about the PS5, and I was trying to gently uh, prepare her for the size of this, because that's another thing that came out after that event was I saw more pictures of its scale compared to something like a a Switch dock, right? And the thing is enormous. Yeah, there's a really good um, sort of 3D comparison on Windows Central. Oh, Um, okay. Let me send you the link now. How does Skype work? Nobody knows. There we go. Um, yeah, they've done this like 3D render. Um, and, and there's a few more of these floating around now. I've seen a couple on Twitter, but like, you are absolutely right. Like this PS5 is an absolute beast and is not going to fit where I have my PS4 right now. Right. And so I was, you know, oh boy. Wow. This is, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it's big. And 
we were considering whether I, I know it's made so that it can go sideways too. And I, I, I'm going to have to do some measurements and see if it'll fit. Uh, we do have an old DVD player. We haven't actually played a DVD in the DVD player for probably four years now, maybe five. So I have a place for it. I just don't know if it's going to fit uh, or how we're going to deal with it. We'll have to see. Yeah, it's definitely. I was measuring up the other day. Um, you know, so I've got a PS4. So on the shelf that I've got, it's a PS4, the PS3, and then the PS2 Slim <coughs> next to it. Um, right. I am going to have to lose one of those to be able to fit. I mean, the PS4 will be going anyway. Um, but I'm going to have to lose another one of either the PS2 or the PS3 just to get this PS5 to fit on the shelf. And it's a fairly hefty TV unit. Like, it's quite a big one. Like, I bought one deliberately for all the consoles I've got. Um, right. But yeah, this is not going to fit at all. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a big boy, as they say. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see, though. I mean, the first first step is is not uh, worrying about the size. The the first step is actually getting one. So we'll we'll see how that goes. So yeah, Rob, what do you think? What's your what's your hot take? I need a hot take from you about Apple widgets and just everything we heard about last week. Well, it's definitely ruining Apple's brand and Steve Jobs is rolling in his grave. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, well, I mean, it feels like everything's about widgets uh, that we've had. It's been a lot of widget news this week. Um, It's kind of blown up way more than I thought it was going to. Uh, Yeah, it is beyond... Here, let me give you just a... Here's a little a little window into what kind of volume the interest around widgets and replacing home screen icons is generating. So we have a special page at Mac Stories called the Shortcuts Archive, where we have you know dozens and dozens and dozens of shortcuts, many vast majority of which have been created by Federico. And he did one like two years ago that was is meant to do just to just that it replaces the, and you know it lets you generate an icon that you can use on your home screen of your iPhone and last weekend we saw the traffic on that page spike to the point where it was doing and I think it is still at this moment doing the amount of traffic it does in a month every day and it's largely driven by one shortcut on this page and 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 that's just the tip of the iceberg because you know that's a 2-year-old shortcut that he made on a page that is not dedicated to customizing your home screen or widgets or anything like that uh you know David Smith obviously put together widget smith if you're familiar with David's work you know he's done pedometer plus plus sleep plus plus all sorts of you know health and fitness related apps and he created an app for building customized widgets and it got picked up by a TikToker and blew up <laughs> enormously where it is being downloaded just to the point where it became the number one the number one free app on the App Store. Now, his app is free, so you can that obviously drives a lot of downloads. He has a subscription that you can sign up for in the app to get certain features, and I have no idea how exactly he's doing in terms of converting those people. But you've got to imagine that if you've made it to the very top 
of the free list on the on you know iOS that even if your your conversion rate was infinitely small, you know, I don't know. What I mean, I think I've heard a lot of developers say that they can get like four or five percent conversion rate. But even if David was getting far less than that, he could be doing okay. I mean, I I I literally don't know. But the volume there is is looks to me to be extraordinary. And that's just like another small example because there are a bunch of other widget related apps, widget wizard, uh, another one called like. I think color photo wizard or something. Uh, a bunch yeah, there's, of different. Uh, there's there's widgery woo. Widgery. Yeah, widgery widgery woo woo. Yeah, there's that one. Uh, there's a. We had an article on Mac Stories where Ryan kind of went through a bunch of them that we had that had been out. More have. I mean, now what you're seeing is a. We're starting to see a flood of widget customization apps hit the app store many of which don't do anything other than create a colored rectangle that allows you to put an image or some text on it i mean it's like really basic stuff but oh, it yeah. does let you you know lets you do some customization now like david's app david smith's app does way more than that i mean you can do time zone widgets and i don't know calendar widgets and all kinds of different things. Um, oh but- yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, like you say, he's been number one. Um, he's just got knocked off in the UK for the, the oh, did he? tracking and trace app. Um, so nothing exciting. <laughs> just the coronavirus <laughs> app for the UK. Um, but there's been <laughs> well, a, it's there's- probably best that that one's number one. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's been one below Widgetsmith the whole time since it's released called like Color Widgets, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's like okay it's a color and you put some text in it or you might be able to put the time in it like right that's what people want that's great but like even that app is like sat right there behind widget smith the entire time and for a while actually there was one that only supported the the old widget styles was in like yeah eight. i know federico tweeted about that it was like this one's way up there and it doesn't even support widgets under 14 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know so it's so the the, uh, the upshot of this is they're immen- immensely popular, which has led to you'll see all, there's been a lot of there's a, like a hashtag that's you know I don't know what it is iOS fourteen home screen something like that. There's a bunch. Uh, it's interesting to me to see the reactions in the Apple community. Um, I'll just go right there and talk about it because the people who follow Apple in the tech community aren't people in the real world in the sense that they aren't using their phones in the same way that ordinary people do. And that's not a knock at people who are not like tech followers. It's just that there are different priorities that people put on different things on their phones, right? And so I saw a lot of people who didn't see this coming and didn't even realize it was going on until people started reporting on it. And then they were just like shocked and horrified. And personally, I agree that there are a lot of these that are not very attractive, but so be it. People ought to be able to make their phones look like whatever they want to. Um, And I think it's a fascinating, it's one of those things where you don't realize how closed the, the community of people who you follow is until you realize 
until you experience like a whole nother group of people being interested in something that you're interested in for a totally different reason. You're like, oh, wait, there's a whole other world of people out there that use iPhones that aren't geeks who are using time trackers and task managers. And <laughs> right. And it has and it and it's amazing how little those worlds collide sometimes. We have definitely, as I said, with like the shortcuts archive is just a tiny example. We've definitely seen a lot more interest in the stuff we're writing about widgets all of a sudden than we would normally see in terms of just like the normal day-to-day traffic, which is great, you know, awesome for us. I don't know if those people stick around long-term or not, probably not, most of them. But uh, it's just interesting to me as a phenomenon, and it's taken off in a way that is far beyond anything that I ever expected. Um, I think it's kind of cool. I wish, I really hope that this encourages Apple to make them a little more robust you know, I've seen some really inventive and interesting things that some developers have done that goes far beyond colored rectangles with the time in them, and that's terrific. But they're not they're not really interactive in any way other than taking you into an app or some particular location in an app. And I'm hoping that at some point we get that sort of thing where they act more like mini apps on the home screen instead of like. Uh, shortcuts or, you know, icons that take you somewhere else to do a thing. And, you know, because right now they largely just display information that's mostly static. Although, you know, the time stuff works, uh, timers work. I've seen timer widgets and things like Timery, which is a time tracking app, where the, the timers actually work and are live counting down or counting up, depending on what kind of timer you're using right in the widget, which is kind of nice. But beyond that, that's the, that's the most dynamic I've seen of any particular widget. I mean, they, they update, but they're, they're basically just like a mostly static web page that periodically refreshes itself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you've probably seen this with, you know, various things like calendars and weather and stuff like that. It's like sometimes they don't, you know, you can be in the app, you know, like in a calendar is a good example. Like, like I'm in the app, I add a new calendar event for today i come out and the widget's not updated but right. the second i hit the widget if i press the widget to open the app and come back out it's immediately updated again but i was already in the app so like the you know yeah. there doesn't appear to be any I, I, I haven't looked into the apis because i'm you know i'm not a, an ios developer but like there's no sort of oh a change has happened in the app we just need to send this now like it like you say it's kind of this delayed thing so there everything's a bit static I'm, I'm really happy that we've got it but you know I, I think in a year's time this is going to be way more interesting with you know hopefully interactive buttons like a now playing widget was just seems like a, a no-brainer yeah there is actually one there's an app called sewer which is s-o-o-r which has a now playing widget i think apple really did kind of drop the ball with the music widget it's just a recently played album or, or playlist widget which is fine i like having that one but I, there's a lot more you could have done what they could have done with that particular set of widgets um yeah it's interesting an awful lot of this stuff is timer based you know you can pull the app periodically and I don't have all the details. It's been a little while since I watched those videos. I did write an article about widgets early in the summer. But but there are tricks that developers can do. And the updating is far better now than it was during the betas. During the betas, I would regularly be like, it'd be like 4 in the afternoon and I'd be seeing the weather for 6 a.m. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, is, that has definitely improved. I mean, the, 
that stuff gets gets updated far more frequently now than it ever did. You know, just iOS 14 in general. They have, Apple pushed this out, and it's curious that they did it the way they did. You know, they had the event on Tuesday. Every The OSs were out by the middle of the afternoon the next day. And you know what? They're still really buggy. I mean, they're not like iOS 13 bad buggy, but they are still pretty rough around the edges in a lot of places. And I'm I'm just a little surprised that they that they pushed it out already. It doesn't feel like it was necessary, um, but but they did. So you know, here we are. I guess dealing 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 with bugs again. Yeah, dealing with bugs and tweaking our widgets, which is you know what I keep doing. I'm just like keep moving stuff around the home screen, which. It's still a terrible experience. Like you, especially now with the widgets. So you imagine you've got a full screen with some apps and some widgets, and you add another widget and it just dumps it in the middle of the screen. And then if you delete it, everything's moved again. Like it, it doesn't even go back me, to where it was. Rob, don't even get me started. I've spent the last eight days reviewing widgets in different different apps, and my phone is a complete train wreck because there's icons <laughs> strewn across like eleven pages with all these random widgets. Because you know, I mean, I have ones that I use myself, but to do the reviews, I want to have examples of all the different options that people have, and so I'm constantly loading up all of these different widgets, and then and then messing up my home screens, and then deleting them, and I think it's, I still find it really strange that when you go into that view where you pick the widgets and they show you an example of the widget, they have a big add widget button at the bottom. I just don't understand why you don't just tap the, tap the widget to add it. It's like, <laughs> right. it's still bother, it's, you know, it still bothers me. I mean, back, all the way back to beta one, I thought, well, maybe I'll get used to this. I, that I have not gotten used to. I mean, I think it's a weird interaction that you have to have a separate button instead of just tapping the thing that you're trying to add to the home screen yeah i, th- I think I, what, I, what i'd really like from the the jiggle mode is a cancel button so instead of instead of just oh this is where we've left everything like cancel and revert back to where i was yeah like, that's what i really want but uh yeah you know, I, i've basically taken to if i'm a, testing a widget i, was gonna I s- will i will move an app out of the app library put it on its own page and then i add the widget there just so i can see the widget <laughs> And then I can yeah. move it to where I need it. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of steps to add a widget too. There's just a lot of a lot of poking around to find what you're looking for and get it get it on there. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's still it's been a fun week. I mean, I know you've been busy as all hell, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been it's an interesting right. I'm, week. I'm inf- I'm infinitely tired at the moment, and I think that that's going to persist. But it's a good tired, and we've had a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of fun to share all these apps that we've been using all summer long. I think at last count, I'm on roughly 150 betas. So, <laughs> wow, I have plenty of plenty of apps to choose from, and we're still we're still working our way through the list. But so we've got more coming. Uh, so keep keep visiting MacStories.net. Yeah, head head on over and don't forget to like and subscribe. No, that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you join you the tweet join John. the club. <laughs> Just tweet John, tell him you like Mac Stories, and yeah, join the club as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. With all that that pandering to the, to our to our audience, I think maybe we ought to just boy stop right there, huh? Yeah, let's stop. I mean, we don't normally do a lot of promotion per se for you know no, the things you're doing but you know you're over there you and the rest of the team are all working hard and you know just go over there and check it all out yeah make it worth our effort come on right exactly 
All right. That's that that's 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 what I call a good pitch. There we go. We've done it. We've done it. We're professionals. Um but yeah, let's let, let's wrap it up for today and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. All right. I'll talk to you later, Rob. Speak to you later.